Jesus Grace Church, building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Series testing our assurance, and one of the things that we keep on reminding each other of is this. You cannot lose your salvation. your salvation, but we believe that the Bible teaches us that you cannot lose your salvation once you come to a genuine faith, a true conversion because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Your faith in him, it has converted your life. You now have new life and that life has been sealed by the Holy Spirit until Jesus himself returns. Some uh, sports enthusiasts would say that the greatest heavyweight match of all time went down on March 8, 1971 between Joe Frazier, smoking Joe Frazier, and the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. See, when Frazier and Ali met for the first time, because Remember, they actually met three times in the ring. The first time they met in the ring, they both were undefeated. The bout was scheduled to go 15 rounds. It went 15 rounds. In fact, the only knockdown of the whole match came in the 15th round when Frazier dropped Muhammad Ali to the canvas. Some would say that after Frazier dropped Muhammad Ali to the canvas, his career was never quite the same. See, on March 8, 1971, Muhammad Ali was in his prime. He was at his physical peak. And to go 15 rounds with the greatest of all time, you're going to take some punishment, aren't you? Even though he won, there are those who say he paid the price for that victory. Church, this may be the greatest defeat of all time as it pertains to boxing. Joe Frazier, smoking Joe Frazier, might have paid the ultimate price of his career in order to secure this victory in the 15th round against Muhammad Ali. But this is not the greatest victory of all time. In fact, we cannot forget who paid the ultimate price for the greatest victory of all time. See, Jesus took all that God had to give. Like the gospel, I think we forget that. God exhausted his wrath upon Jesus Christ on the cross. Therefore, like Ollie, this world knows a thing or two about being defeated, doesn't it? Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And that's the one thing that we cannot forget. 
It's easy to say, oh, Jesus died for my sins. I was able to ask a few individuals here from our church this week as I was able to sit down with them. How would you say, how would you describe, how do you know that you're saved? And we say things that are correct. We say, Jesus died for my sins, which is true. So sometimes it's not what we say, it's what we don't say. Have we taken our faith beyond that to understand what exactly happened upon the cross and see what we can forget, especially as we go through what we're going to go through today and as we finish 1 John, we cannot forget that Jesus, yes, he did die for our sins. We are hell-deserving sinners. We do receive eternal life through the person and work of Jesus Christ and our faith in him and what he has done for us. Yes, these things are true. But what we can't forget is that what Jesus did upon the cross goes far beyond 15 rounds and some boxing. It goes far beyond any war or any battle that's ever been fought here since God has created both time and space and created matter as well. See, God had to punish sin. And if God punished you for your sin, you would be crushed. You would not be around to receive eternal life. God pierced both time and space to come to the cross, to take his full wrath upon Jesus Christ, God exhausted his wrath. He who knew no sin was made to be sin, and God punished Jesus with all that he had. And because of that, we have eternal life. Eternal life has been secured for us. And because of that, we know that this world has been defeated. And speaking of the title for our sermon this morning is this, The World Defeated. The World Defeated. We're going to be in the book of 1 John, starting chapter 5. This morning specifically, we're going to be going through verses 1 through 5. Last week, Pastor Steve walked us through God's perfect love perfected in us. We learned what it meant to actually abide in the Lord's love, didn't we? Today we're going to identify three characteristics of a believer. In fact, we're going to identify three characteristics of a believer who has overcome the world. Or, as we're saying it this morning, we're going to identify three characteristics of a believer who has defeated the world. Most importantly, we're going to observe our victory over the world through our faith in Jesus. So please join me. These verses will be on the screen for you as we examine 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. 
For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Amen. As we look at these five verses this morning, we want to throw into this one simple sentence to define what is being said. And this is what's being said. We can only defeat this world through our faith in Jesus. We can only defeat this world through our faith in Jesus. So as we make this statement, we want to ask this question. The question we're asking this morning is this, what does our faith in Jesus reveal? Because if we know that we can only defeat this world through our faith in Jesus, then there has to be a reason why we're still here on earth. There has to be a reason why we're still left behind, exiled, as a sojourner. So, there's our question. What does our faith in Jesus reveal? It reveals this. The stress-free obedience of eternal salvation. The stress-free obedience of eternal salvation. Do you know anything about the Greek god Atlas? He's a man that didn't know anything about being stress-free. See, Atlas was charged with bearing the weight of the world and the heavens on his shoulders. In fact, Zeus, the god of all gods in Greek mythology, gave Atlas this responsibility because he wanted to punish him. He made it so he would be bearing the weight of the earth and the heavens on his shoulders. Church, this is precisely the work of Satan. He's telling you. Satan is telling you. You cannot keep God's commandments. You cannot keep his commandments. He's whispering in your ear. He's saying, who are you to bear the weight of the world upon your shoulders? Because really that's what you're doing if you want to try to keep God's commandments. Church, this is where we need to remind ourselves of the gospel. Amen. This is when we need to remind ourselves of the good news. This is where we remember that we don't need to bear the weight of the world in the heavens our shoulders. So why don't we need to bear the weight of the world on our shoulders? Because Jesus did it for us. And when we see in the text that it's saying that we keep God's commandments, Satan wants to trick you into thinking that that's something that you are unable to achieve. But that's a lie. That's not the truth. God has asked us to obey his commandments because of what Jesus has done for us. This is why we can live a stress-free example of the obedience of eternal salvation. And it's stress-free because it's not burdensome. See, this is why we are stress-free from the 
burdensome behavior of the world, and we see this in verses 1 through 3. Everyone who believes, John writes, that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father, loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Burdensome is where we're getting stress-free. But the very first thing that must happen prior to our defeating the world is that we must believe what it says right here. It says that Jesus is the Christ. It's the first thing that must happen. And some of you may be asking, what does Jesus is the Christ mean? It means that Jesus is the chosen. It means that Jesus is the Messiah, the chosen Savior for our sin, the chosen one to bear the weight of the heavens and the world upon his shoulders. Again, what does it say about those who believe? Here in the text this morning. It says that Jesus is the Christ, the chosen, the Messiah. The one who could bear the weight of the world in heavens upon its shoulders. This is a revelation of our new life in Jesus Christ. So, what do those who believe that Jesus is the Christ do? If you know that Jesus is the Christ, if you are convicted to the point of that truth that you believe that yes, he is the chosen one, he is the Messiah. So now it's the now, well, what do I do with that? I'm here waiting upon him to come back. But what do I do in the meantime? That's a fair question for us to ask each and every day. Well, I think if we look at this text this morning, that especially as it pertains to the world being defeated because of him and his work, what we do with that, what we do with our belief in him being the chosen one, the Messiah, the Christ, we simply love God and love others. That's why it says, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Think about this as it pertains to testing of our assurance of salvation. The overarching theme of 1 John. Think about that. Do you personally believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you desire to love God and others alike? If so, accept the fact that you meet the requirements for the first two qualifying characteristics of eternal life. You meet the first two qualifying characteristics of those who have actually defeated this world. Because verse 2 and verse 3 remind us and reveal to us the third characteristic. See, verse 2 and verse 3 reveals that we can be assured of our eternal salvation when we keep his commands. Church, you remember what Satan is telling you. 
He's telling you you cannot keep the commandments of God. He's saying, who are you to bear the weight of the world on your shoulders? And he'll probably mention how inconsistent you are. He'll say, like you're capable of keeping God's commandments all of the time. This is where we tell Satan that he's right. You're right. You got it right. You hit the nail on the head. I am pretty inconsistent. I'm not so good at keeping God's commandments all the time. We all can probably admit that we're pretty inconsistent, aren't we? However, we know that the gospel isn't founded on our consistency. That's the difference. It's founded upon the consistency of Jesus Christ. That's right. So again, let me ask you that question, and you just need to answer this to yourself. Is your desire, do you want to learn how to love God better each and every day? Do you want to how to learn or love others each and every day? Because do you know what these verses are telling us? They're telling us two things. First, that faith, love, and obedience are characteristics of those who have been saved from their sin. Secondly, as it says here, it says, His commandments that we desire to obey, what does it say? It says, are not burdensome. His commandments are stress-free. Now, I'm not saying that it's easy to obey His commandments. I think we all know that it is not easy. Even if we boil his commandments down to what we have this morning by just simply saying to love God and to love others. Even if we just focus on those two things and allow it to trickle down into every other aspect, it's still not easy. But the consequences of doing so is stress-free. And that's what we can't forget. It may not be easy, to consistently keep his commandments. But the consequences in making every effort in our life to do so is stress-free. We must not forget that all sinful behavior has consequences. All sinful behavior has consequences. It may be distressful for you to resist temptation in your life. You might experience of distress in your life as you attempt to not cave in and give in to that temptation, but it's stress-free to reap the benefits and rewards of choosing not to do so. Church, when you find yourself not wanting to give in to temptation because you understand the consequences of what happens when you do give in to that temptation, be confident in your obedience to God, especially if you know that Jesus is the source of stress-free consequences. So, do you know what's really important about these three verses? When we look at these first three verses, do you know what's really important? See, I would say what's really important is this. By believing that Jesus is the Christ, by loving God and others alike, and by keeping his commandments, we are witnesses to the good news to others. 
by learning how to practice these three things better each and every day we reveal our faith in Jesus for others to witness and don't think the Lord hasn't brought individuals into your life for them to be witnesses of what Christ has done on the cross for the sin of the world and he wants to use you to reveal that truth see we can tell the truth that this world system can be defeated we tell others that it has been defeated because Jesus was the one who bared the weight of the heavens and the earth upon his shoulders and this is why we're seeing this morning that we can only defeat this world through our faith in Jesus we can only defeat this one through our faith in Jesus that's why we're asking the question what does our faith in Jesus reveal to others? Because that's ultimately what it's all about. After we come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, then we allow him to use us to share his good news with others. So, what does our faith in Jesus reveal to others? It reveals the stress-free obedience of eternal salvation. And we understand it's stress-free to obedient to God's commandments because of the consequences. When we give in to temptation that leads to sin, it's stressful. There's consequences that are stressful. But when we resist temptation because we know the consequences associated with that particular sin, it therefore becomes stress-free in our lives. Some of us know this, some of us do not know this, but I'm going to throw this title out there. Have you ever heard the title, The Prince of the Power of the Air? The Prince of the Power of the Air. Does anybody know who that is referring to? Satan. Satan in Scripture is referred to as his title being The Prince of the Power of the Air. Do you know what that title verifies about Satan? See, that title verifies that Satan is this world's puppet master. He has this world by the strings. He controls governmental politicians. He controls militaries. He controls false religions. He controls banking. He controls big business. He controls fads. He controls fashion. And he controls music. Church. This whole system... This whole world system is controlled by Satan. His system is what we're defeating when we say we can only defeat this world system through our faith in Jesus. We defeat, we overcome the control Satan has on this world when we put our faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Now some of you are saying, well hold on a second, isn't God sovereign over Satan? Yes he is. No question. But for this period of time, God has allowed Satan to control this earth. We see all of this in verses 4 and 5. Verses 4 and 5 state this. For everyone has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 
Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? What does, as it say, as it says here, everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world believe? What does, what does that mean? Or better yet, what does it mean to overcome the world? More specifically, we can ask it like this. What is overcoming? Well, overcoming is defeat, but I like what John MacArthur has to say about what it means to overcome this world and this world system, to overcome this puppet master. He says this is a Satan's worldwide system of deception and wickedness. When we defeat the world through the personal work of Jesus Christ, we defeat Satan's worldwide system of deception and wickedness. See, the prince of the power of the air, a.k.a. Satan, a.k.a. this world's puppet master, is who has been defeated. Now, some of you have heard of the Illuminati. Some of you have not. Some of you may be asking, what is the Illuminati? See, the Illuminati is any people or organization claiming special knowledge or enlightenment over something. So there's people who say that, well, there's an Illuminati in particular industries throughout the world. There's a new world order that's actually controlling things from behind the scenes. Whether you've heard of this or not, it doesn't really matter. See, Satan's worldwide system of deception is what some people would refer to as the Illuminati. See, Satan's worldwide system of deception is carried out by invisible demonic spirits. It's carried out by visible human evil. There's invisible demonic spirits behind the visible human evil that we see. One of the things that we try to remind our children of at times is what are you watching on YouTube? What is it that you're going to pull up on Netflix? What music are you listening to? Is what you're watching or listening to bringing honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ? Because if we really evaluate some of the things that we watch and listen to, clothes that we wear, it's either or. Either it is bringing honor and glory to the name of Christ, or it's bringing honor and glory to the name of Satan and his worldwide system of deception. So, what is Satan's end goal in all of this? The complete opposite of what our end goal is as a believer. See, we say as a believer we're left behind to share the good news of salvation. We define the good news as the good news of salvation for hell-deserving sinners through the person and work of Jesus Christ. That definition comes from Milton Vincent. But see, the thing is, we are sharing this good news for those who are heading on a path of destruction. So what's Satan's envoy? What does he want to do through this worldwide system of deception? He wants to lure, he wants to entice and capture human souls for hell. Church, we are victorious over this deception, which is why verse 4 ends by saying this, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 
our faith in Jesus what he has done. Victory in the gift of our faith in Jesus and his work. Do you know what the problem is for most of us? See, most of us have a problem. Do you know what the problem is for most of us? We believe that we've yet to achieve victory. That's our problem. We believe that we've yet to achieve victory. We think we're defeated by our weakness. We think we're defeated by our temptation in our life. We think that we're defeated by our sin. Church, this is exactly what Satan wants you to think. He wants you to think that you're defeated by your weakness. He wants you to think that you're defeated by your temptation. He wants you to think that you're defeated by your sin. But what does it say in verse 4? Victory that has overcome the world. Victory that has overcome the world. Now, my English grammar is not the best. But when I read that, it seems to me as though that is written in the past tense. This has already taken place. Our faith, verse 4 ends, our faith in Jesus, who has already defeated the world's puppet master. So as Mike comes up, I want to read verse 5 in its entirety. And I love this. I love this verse. <coughs> Such a rhetorical question. Verse 5 states this. It says, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? See, it's those who believe that Jesus came as God in human flesh. Those are the ones who receive eternal life. So what happens when you're not so sure of your salvation? What happens then? Well, if you're unsure and not confident in your salvation, there's some pretty major things that are going to happen on a very simple level. See, you're not going to love God effectively not going to love others effectively, and you won't effectively obey his commandments, which we know are not burdensome. The consequences of obeying God's commandments are stress-free. Church, don't let Satan rob you of your confidence. Found only in the victory achieved by Jesus upon the cross. After all, Satan is nothing more than the puppet master. And last time I checked, when Jesus did cut his puppet strings, which is why we were able to say today, we can only defeat this world through our faith in Jesus. It's why we ask the question, what does our faith in Jesus reveal to others? It reminds us and reveals to others the stress-free obedience of eternal salvation. Lord, I pray for us that we can be used to share your good news. I pray that we can be positioned and patient as you prepare us. In so many ways, Lord, we're not even ready to do so. I pray that we can 
continue to be patient, patient and seek you along the way as you prepare us to share your truth with others. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.